the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Welcome, Biblical Citizens. Last week, those, who, those of you who are with us, we explored the major differences between the Democratic and Republican national platforms, and we compared these positions to a biblical as well as historical understanding. We haven't seen such dramatic differences between the two major parties since uh, 1860, the year Abraham Lincoln was elected as the first Republican president. Now, here we are in California, early voting is only weeks away, and we're looking at some of the top local races, and one of those very top races is the congressional race for the 50th district, that's in North and East San Diego County. This seat was formerly held by Duncan Hunter Jr., and before that by Duncan Hunter Sr. It's currently vacant, so East County voters are looking forward to getting congressional representation again. Today, we are very pleased to be interviewing Congressman Daryl Issa. A little background, Congressman Issa represented 49th District for 18 years. He has valuable experience working with other legislators, with the president. Prior to entering Congress, Daryl founded Directed Electronics, which is one of the largest makers today of automobile aftermarket security and convenience products. Mr. Issa was appointed by President Trump to be director of the U.S. Trade and Development Agency, but that nomination, unfortunately, was blocked, as I understand it, by a single U.S. senator from New Jersey. Congressman Issa has a long conservative record to run on. I remember him for leading the successful recall effort against California Governor Gray Davis. Daryl, welcome to Biblical Citizen. Well, Brian, thank you for having me on, and uh, I know that all of your listeners, their prayers go out to the people who have been displaced and and the 30-plus families who have lost their homes in in East County and the fires and and others around California. Uh, This is an important election, and even though in California we know that it is unlikely that the state will carry for President Trump, it is a decision on a national level uh, for the president, and it's a decision uh, in the 50th Congressional District for will we stay with our historic conservative values? I served with Duncan Hunter Sr. Uh, and with Duncan Hunter Jr. Uh, and, uh, you know, notwithstanding Duncan's, uh, you know, admitted transgressions, uh, the fact is his conservative voting re- record fit the district. 
And a district uh, like the 50th that has a large evangelical community uh, also has a large Catholic community in the Chaldeans who are quite devout. Uh, this is a district that expects uh, a a representative to vote Christian values, uh, as I have done for 18 years. How's your campaign going right now with all the COVID lockdowns and so on and so on? How's it going? Well, this is exactly what has affected the race considerably. Uh, in, in March 3rd, uh, president won by an overwhelming amount. Uh, in other words, if you looked at how many people voted for President Trump versus the Democrats that were on the ballot, uh, the same thing. The Republicans carried this district by a significant amount over the Democrats. But now uh, in a COVID environment, people, uh, you know, have become more undecided. And so this race has become a statistical tie on a presidential level, a statistical tie uh, on my level. And uh, part of it is just defining uh, who we are versus who our opponent is. You know, I'm running against someone who happily uh, was endorsed by uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and called himself uh, a progressive. Actually, AOC uh, famously said he was her progressive brother. Uh, but now yeah. he talks about being pro, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-these other things, although I must admit he never uses the word pro-life. He comes up a little short on describing uh, how he would differentiate himself from the Democratic Party. Yeah, I wanna, we want to talk more about that, but I'm just going to diverge for a second and say that during all this COVID lockdown, I and many others I spoke with were so inspired by the Republican National Convention. I loved the real stories from real people, uh, sincerity, hopefulness. Were you at that convention, and what was your impression? Well, I got to be like many of the delegates for Trump. We uh, we were in remote. We were remote. So uh, that's a nice way of saying, even though I voted for the uh, for for Trump as a delegate, uh, you know, I, I observed it very similar to you. Many of my friends uh, were able to be at the White House that evening uh, for the uh, the culmination and the acceptance by the president, and of course, uh, many of them were then uh, essentially pummeled by. Uh, uh, the, the far left uh, activist as they tried to leave the White House. And uh, that's been that's been sort of the story is the hate and the anger on the Democratic side, the despair that they talk about uh, at every chance versus uh, not just the hope for the future, but a feeling of greatness of our country and our people that you saw throughout the Republican uh, convention. I, I think the story of people whose lives were changed, uh, some of them whose lives were changed specifically by the president's initiatives in criminal justice reform, uh, turning around the whole concept of, of why, why we send people to prison, but why we take people who have been reformed out, why we uh, make sure that the crime and the punishment match. These are things that President Trump has done uh, not because he's known uh, as a person of deep faith, but because his values and the values of people of faith match. And uh, I find that sort of amazing that uh, he, uh, he's been such a success for all of us and for our values in what his administration has done. And the only thing the other side can do is, is somehow taunt that he isn't a good person rather than looking at the amazing uh, value change that's happened in Washington as a result of his presidency. And we saw that watching the Republican convention too. And then 
just the stories of how their lives have been improved and the moving stories that we, we heard. And then hearing about the violence afterwards from, what is there, 4,000 people uh, and Senator Rand Paul getting attacked. It just, what, the, the press hardly covered that as well. So there's such a difference between the parties. But, um, Mr. Issa, I would like to... Kathleen, I I left one thing out that is is so important to me, and I hope to uh, to all of your listeners. Uh, You know, after the convention, the the, uh, press, ignoring this incredible breakthrough for the people of Israel with uh, the president and his family working so hard to get uh, yet another Arab nation, the first in a quarter of a century, to recognize Israel and the progress that makes. With few exceptions, the left has pretended like it didn't happen. And when I look at at what that does for all of us, uh, I think that's one that uh, you didn't hear him bragging about it uh, at the convention, but it's something that that he did and that he made others work very hard for four years to do. And it's going to make a huge difference for uh, not just the people of Israel, but for all of us and our ability uh, to go to the Holy Lands in peace. Well, and it's really a problem. The press is not covering what President Trump has done as accomplishments. Not covering real news. No, they are not. And this is really a problem. But this is why we have to get around them. And that's one reason why we're doing what we do. And one thing I noticed on your web, I mean, on your Facebook page, uh, Congressman Issa, was very impressive to me because I care about this issue a tremendous amount, human trafficking. And you have an announcement on there and a uh, an organization that you support. And this is one reason why the securing the border is so important, isn't it? Not isn't isn't it? Uh, it excuse me, it is, Kathleen. And and you know uh, the uh, the rescuing of people who have been uh, sold into slavery, uh, which is what. Uh, Saved in America does. They've they've rescued over 240, uh, almost exclusively women who uh, have been drugged and tricked and taken away, and their families are desperate for help. Uh, but the history of this goes back, and and I think it's important for people in the 50th to remember when George W. Bush, at the insistence of Republicans, myself included, my own chairman of the committee, that they fire Carol Lamb because she was our U.S. attorney and she would not enforce the human trafficking laws. She, she said they weren't a priority, it wouldn't do any good. And so coyotes were getting away with trafficking human beings uh, at our border in amazing numbers. Uh, and President Bush made it a priority. And when she wouldn't enforce his priorities on that, uh, right along our border, she was fired. And, and I'll never forget the, the courage of doing exactly that, making human trafficking, not illegal immigration in the broadest sense, but the, the basic traffic, trafficking that was going on, a priority is something I was proud President George W. Bush did. President Trump has continued it. And when we talk about the wall and enforcement, one of the biggest priorities he's made is, in fact, tracking down human trafficking and and following. And it's one of the reasons uh, that, you know, this administration made direct grants to these types of programs. And and I'm uh, I'm incredibly proud of exactly that. The Trump administration's doing it and my small part in pushing for it over the years. 
I think that's an issue that I can't believe that anyone, regardless of party, liberal, conservative, how could someone not be concerned about that? Well, especially Christians. Especially Christians. And another issue, we have so many great things, uh, I should say important things, not necessarily great things, but important things to talk about. And another one, important for many Christian voters, is all the COVID restrictions on meeting in church. Governor Newsom, as you're well aware, uh, Congressman, has been sued by a number of churches for rules like no singing in church, max of 100 people indoors, even if you have thousands of members. We understand there's some something like 32 lawsuits against Governor Newsom, although the courts haven't necessarily been that favorable so far. Can you just give us a, an overview of your view of the current status of COVID restrictions in California, including the schools all being shut down? Well, I, I will, and I'm glad you brought this up because this in, infringement of our rights uh, goes to the core. Uh, I, I've, I've looked through the Constitution many times, read it, uh, and I'm quite sure that nowhere is a marijuana dispensary covered. Nowhere are other things covered in the Constitution, uh, as important as they might be, to be defined as essential. Well, in fact, our right to seek uh, the Lord is not protected, even though it is protected in the Constitution. Uh, this attack on churches has, has been profound, and, and I think one of the reasons uh, the, the governor does it is that he really fears uh, sort of allowing uh, any, any organized opposition. Uh, the amazing thing is that the churches do not politically organize for the most part, and yet uh, his, his decisions have been uh, arbitrary. And, and I will take a little exception. These lawsuits have done a great deal of good because almost in every case, when he gets sued, he begins changing those orders uh, in order to try to win in court. So even if he finally wins in court, generally the, what he's winning on is a changed uh, order from the one he originally gave. And as you know, at one point, uh, he had said you couldn't even drive to the parking lot of a church. That's true. That's uh, true. On, on Sunday, and so the idea that with with complete separation, cars that would inherently keep you uh, separated by more than six feet, he was not going to allow it. And that kind of of, of craziness is exactly what we have to fight in California every day, uh, and we fight it as people of faith. But we also fight it because the liberty of our country was based on more than anything else on people's desire to have their individual faith be respected by their government as their right, not something that the government issued them. Absolutely. It's time uh, time for just a short break, but everybody stand by because we got a lot of big issues to cover. Big tech censorship, defunding the police, abortion. Be right back. And President Trump. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. This is K-Praise, a service of Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. For many voters of faith, and I think that includes most of the listeners today, the abortion issue, it just continues to be of concern. The Democratic National Platform supports abortions to full term. That's a fact. It also supports increased government funding for abortions, not only in the U.S., but internationally. 
Daryl, tell us a little bit about your record, because you do have a record on abortion, and how does that differ from Kampanajar, if we can ascertain where he really is? Well, I think it's pretty easy to ascertain where he is. He is a uh, uh, self-described progressive Democrat. Uh, he's going to be with his party. Uh, the amount of pro-life Democrats, and I began serving with probably 30 pro-life Democrats when I came to Congress 20 years ago, and over those 20 years, I saw them systematically taken out. Uh, and so they effectively, there are effectively zero pro-life Democrats. They're, the party, the Democratic Party is intolerant of anyone who supports life. And it's just that simple, even if it's trimming around the edges. Uh, the uh, uh, My record is pretty, not pretty clear, it's very clear, because in the primary it was questioned, and the National Right to Life not only uh, endorsed me uh, in the primary, but the president came out to specifically campaign for me because I had a 100% voting record. And, and sometimes those votes are difficult. Like I can remember uh, when Nancy Pelosi first became speaker, she, she very, very much as a trick had, uh, had, had put uh, abortion into our foreign aid package that included uh, money for Israel. And so I was, uh, along with other Republicans, we were forced to decide, do we vote against aid to Israel in order to save life, or do we uh, look and say, well, we can't make that vote? And uh, I'll never forget Eric Cantor uh, and I talking about it and then going to the caucus and saying, this isn't even close. Uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, the aid package will come up again, but we won't get another chance to uh, to stop Nancy Pelosi from reversing what had been, in those days, bipartisan understanding that we would not fund abortion around the world. Uh, and yet Nancy Pelosi has never given up on it. Even when we uh, passed the ban on partial birth abortion, uh, she and the vast majority of the Democrats voted the other way as though murdering a child literally after it was it had exited the mother uh was okay and that's that it couldn't be more clear the difference in our parties and the difference in the stances and if amar would like to have you believe uh that he is truly pro-life and that he would protect uh life from inception he should say so and i guarantee he won't and he won't because he can't that's just simply he, something he, he can't no longer he, is part of the Democratic Party. Yeah. Right, exactly. He's running in the wrong party. If he these anything he tries to sound moderate on, he's running in the wrong party, and he, I think unfortunately he knows exactly what he's doing. I'm going to switch gears again because there's so many different topics, sure, right. and that's big tech censorship. That's another thing I think that you highlight on your Facebook page. I mean, we and almost any conservative that even – even does as little as just posts on Facebook. We've all experienced it, the increased censorship. Is there anything that we can do, I hope there is, to fight this? There is, because Congress has granted to, uh, if you will, common carriers, uh, people who are not editorializing, for example, Verizon, uh, as your telephone company, is not responsible for what you say on the telephone because they have no... They have no input into it. They simply provide the common uh, carrying capability. Uh, that exemption is contingent on not being, in fact, 
a selective uh, picking winners and losers, deciding what the truth is. And uh, I've been a tech leader. I'm supported uh, by the tech community. Even even the current and former presidents of, of Microsoft have given me personal checks over the years. So nobody has better credentials as a tech leader coming out of that community. But what Facebook and Twitter and others are doing, selectively deciding whether a, a statement of faith uh, if you if you call homosexuality an abomination, you're likely to be censored. Uh, if you call uh, birth control murder uh, or or abortion murder, you're likely to to be censored. So it's 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 political. It's also uh, our statement of values and your rights. And Facebook has to get out of that business. If they can't or won't, then they have to be litig- you have to be able to litigate based on their unfair treatment. And right now they're immune from it and they can't have it both ways. So Congress has that ability and we need to exercise it. I think it's as simple as the laws, our laws just have not caught up with the tech changes and our world changes technologically. We've seen it and many other times in history. You have to change the laws or develop news laws to to deal with the emerging technology. But, you know, but what about um, breaking up some of these big monopolies? These are just you know, antitrust. Yeah, what antitrust about, law. What about the antitrust laws applying to them? Because, right. And they're su- suppressing free speech, and our democracy is based on a dialogue and free flow of information. This, this is just isn't acceptable. So they're going to have to be sued, or Congress is going to have to go after them. The president already made it an executive order, I know, uh, I think he did changing them into a platform instead of, or a publisher instead of just a platform. Right, if that could be enforced. But, yeah. but people are going to have to use that uh, ability to sue them. And I know people like Robert F. Kennedy are because he's being censored and others, but uh, a lot of people don't have the resource to do, to do that. But in the meantime, there has to be a a popular uprising against this, I think. You're exactly right. And, and supporting alternative uh, media uh, so, that the, so that just as when Roger Ailes created Fox News because he found there was a niche of America not being represented by the so-called mainstream media, which was half the population was not being represented. Yeah. Uh, we, need, uh, we need, in fact, uh, a, uh, a Facebook that is fair and balanced. And if we can't get it from them, we, we're going to need to do it. One of the things that, uh, and, and this comes a little off subject, but I think it's important. The antitrust rules are based on uh, a couple of tests, one of what, which is, is there a barrier to entry? And what I say to, to, to people who are upset is, don't let there be a barrier to entry. When you find that there is an alternative, aggressively use it so that it gets funded, so that it grows, because uh, the only way we're going to have balance it's not going to be just litigation. It's also going to be competition. And right. uh, promoting that has been one of my passions uh, in the, as a businessman and now these many years supporting the people of California uh, in Congress. You know, getting back to contrast with your opponent, uh, I attended, uh, was one of the organizers actually, of that debate all the candidates had before the March 3rd primary in Valley Center. You were there, obviously. Kampanajar was there. 
And one of the questions I really wanted to hear, because the hot topic back then was the impeachment of Donald Trump, and Najjar did not clarify at all purposely, I'm sure, what his view on that is. Could you contrast one of the things I think about? There's a lot of strong Donald Trump supporters in this 50th district. And um, how would you contrast your relationship with President Trump with potentially what it would be working with Kampa Najjar? Well, you know, my 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 friendship with the president from before he was president and my support of him uh, is is very easy for people to see. I was not just there for him uh, when it was easy. I was there for him in those last weeks and months uh, when I was in a district that Hillary Clinton won by uh, nine points. I stayed with the president, uh, was publicly uh, on stage with the president when he was candidate Trump, because I believed in his message and I believed, as it's turned out to be true, that what he says he will do, he will do. Uh, you're right. At that debate and at every debate since that time, uh, uh, Amar has uh, carefully uh, said it's a rhetorical question and he won't answer it. Well, I, I know I know it's not rhetorical and I know he would have voted to impeach the president had he been there. And that's something the voters have to realize and stop. We have just a few seconds left, Congressman Issa. If someone wants to support you in your campaign, what's the contact info? What can they do? If you Google Daryl Issa, the first thing that comes up is our campaign site. They can either click to volunteer or click to make a a small or whatever size contribution they're comfortable with. Uh, And they can call our campaign at 760-598-3535. And we're standing by. We can use all the help. And if you live in the district, let us know where we can put a yard sign at your business or your uh, home. Thanks so much. To bless your neighbor this week, we ask you to go, again, to biblicalvoter.com. So much information there. Make sure you're registered to vote. This is not a popularity contest, folks. There's a nation's future at stake, and it happens to be our nation. So vote. Vote intelligently. Vote from your Christian worldview. That's all for today. Next week, we're going to be interviewing Assemblyman Kevin Kiley, who's suing Gavin Newsom for running California as a one-man dictatorship. Till then, folks, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.